He's not happy. Esteban was diving about in front of him. And uh, is uh, Fernando very, very disappointed in that? Never, never in my life I saw a defense like Esteban today. Never. On the wall, 10-2, and now 10-6. Never. Got a bit of a mate. Still a long race. Let's stay focused. Yeah, yeah, but we are in the race because of me, guys. Both. Part two of this uh, big, big episode from this week. We've done the race. Now it's time to talk about everything that went on surrounding it. So uh, let's get straight into it. Yes. So the first big old thing that happened surrounding this Hungarian Grand Prix was Sebastian Vettel. He of perhaps F1's greatest redemption arc. Announced his retirement. No, no. First things first. First things first. He made an Instagram account. Yes, that's true. Sebastian Vettel decided to finally get on social media. Yes. And we were all like, yay. And then his first post was, I'm retiring. And we were all like, this is not how I expected this to go. (laughs) Uh, But yes, Seb is retiring. And I think Jashan, as someone who's only been aware of the sport for the last couple of years, really, mm-hmm. and thus has only ever known a Sebastian Vettel considered wholesome and loved by all, I will let you talk about him and his retirement first, and then I think I can weigh in with uh, my perhaps broader and more layered and nuanced relationship with Sebastian Vettel. Yes, because you have a relationship with Sebastian Vettel, do you? <laughs> Oh, you know exactly what... Oh, so no, that's right. Because no one that you've ever physically met and, like, shaken hands with can possibly ever impact upon your life. No. If Joey Badass committed suicide... I don't have a relationship You'd just be with like, him. oh, whatever. There's an impact you, and an influence, you have, you but have, you don't have a relationship you have an emo- with him. No, you have an emotional relationship with no, him in I terms of, like, responses and what that person means to you. That is a relationship. No. A relationship is back and Like, there needs to be uh, an acknowledgement both ways. Vettel has an influence on us. And Joey Badass, great album. Check it out. 2000, just dropped. It's Dis- banging. Disagree. I think in the, I think in the looser, no relaxed vernacular, you can appropriately say relationship. No. To broadly summarise things, you definitely can. No. The, no, 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 no. Is Sebastian Vettel, like, you may think, okay, a relationship is two or more why, people who Why are is this the discussion concept? So, Just fucking Vettel talk about has Sebastian no Vettel. connection to you whatsoever on his end. He has no idea who you are, Matt, Mr. unless he listens to the podcast for some reason. Who knows? <laughs> so, there is no relationship. Is There's an the influence. Most pointless thing. It needs to go both ways. But, yeah, look. Uh, end of July, so it's been oh, a couple of weeks now since this announcement dropped, and it was yeah, it was a bit of a shock, I think, because coming into the driver market, we were looking around, we were like, okay, Latifi's going to get replaced. That's kind of the main thing, and then obviously Vettel drops this bombshell, and all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and Lord knows what's going to happen. But yeah, from my end, 
my first season of watching Formula One was, I believe, Vettel's last season for Ferrari, uh, where he was pretty much, he was just tapped out. <laughs> he was just chilling. He was doing his thing, vibing. Uh, then he went over to Aston Martin and I was all aboard the hype train. I was like, all right, here we go. But I was going to snag a bunch of podiums. He's going to be, he's going to be killing it because obviously we all thought that the Aston Martin had a good car. Alas, we were misled, but I am grateful. I got to see him sort of win a race in Hungary and get that dope ass podium in Azerbaijan. Beyond that, like on track wise, I haven't actually seen him do very well, quite frankly. Most of the highlights have been off-track. Um, egalitarian acts, humanitarian acts. Um, obviously, being very outspoken for LGBTQ plus rights in places like Saudi Arabia, um, the Middle East in general, really, really powerful stuff. My favourite story probably was that one where he stayed back after the Silverstone Grand Prix to pick up recycling and rubbish. Uh, having already just ridden a bike to the track, like, bro, that's that's some baller ass shit. I wouldn't be doing that if I was rich and famous. I'd probably be like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'd maybe I'd pay someone to do it for me, but I definitely wouldn't be walking around the stands picking up recycling. I'd, Definitely not as good of a guy as Seb Battle. You described him as the dad of the field a bunch of times, and I think that's pretty pretty fair. He's definitely got a dad's hairline. Mm. As do oh, I. Oh, so you're you're are you a dad? Are you? I've been described. When did you have your first many, child? Many times. I'm embracing it. I'm a dilf. I've got dilf energy. You hey, just you're just not a probably... dilf though, because you have no children. Here here too, you cannot be a dilf. Yes, if you want to talk about specifics. But yeah, nah, Vettel, love... Well, mate, you, you just fucking shut me down and I can't use the word relationship in that context, so you're not a DILF, well, mate. I've been described... I didn't, I didn't refer to myself as a DILF. I said I've been described as a DILF many times. Well, well, with people. how much correcting you did, next time uh, next time someone calls you a DILF, I need you to go, mate, DILF is I do. Like I a make fuck. a point of it every single no time. And I'm a fucking children. Oh, every time so I do. I, so basically, I you just like to be a... I was working at Macca's, mate, by a fellow co-worker. <laughs> So you just like to be a difficult cunt at all times, which is probably why we get along so well. I mean, look, I, I don't like I don't like it when, as a teenager, someone describes me as a dad, <laughs> even if they were trying to flirt with me. Like, don't call. Yeah, me but a you're dad. a dad. They want to sleep with, mate. So, oh, like, God. yeah, for sure. They, doesn't matter. Had sex. At that time, I was more just kind of incensed that they thought of me as a dad type figure, as a nineteen year old man. Ridiculous. Oh, man, oh. That's, a, that's a sign of... Yeah, that means... That's like alpha maleness. Like, they see you as a patriarchal figure. Oh. You cannot get any more alpha male than that. Yeah. Sir Vettel, alpha male, sigma, sigma mindset. Uh, he will be missed. <laughs> and I hope... I sincerely hope... I imagine he'll take some time off to do his philanthropy or whatnot. But I sincerely hope he, he, re he comes back for a role in the media. Because I think he'd be really, really good on the mic. Much better than Nico Rosberg. Um, more in that Jensen button level of, you know, like, charisma, entertainment, well-spoken. I think I think he'd be great as a, in a media-facing role. But, uh, yeah, we'll be missed. Indeed. Indubitably. Well, I was, 
I was going to say that I have a love-hate relationship with Sebastian Vettel, but I suppose apparently I have a love-hate influence with Sebastian Vettel. Because yes. that's a naturally sounding sentence, isn't it? People say that all the time. <laughs> they also say that Jashan Borshvini is a twat who they hope gets hit by a bus. Do they? So they wow. do. It's actually, I heard, I saw a recent um, article, in the same article that says that 98% of facts you read on the internet are made up. Um, I saw something that said that that was the third most commonly utilised uh, phrase in 2021. Deshaun in, Borshvani is uh, a twat. Tajikistan. Oh, yeah, right. in Tajikistan. That's, their, that's one of their favourite sayings <laughs> out there. In um, <laughs> the European Asian oh, French. Shout out to Tajikistan, the most underrated star. Oh. Yeah, it probably is, to be honest. Hell yeah. Maybe Turkmenistan. I don't mind Kazakhstan, but they're just, I mean, I don't know. Kazakhstan's pretty mainstream. It is pretty mainstream, okay. especially in the Canada. Like, they have, they literally, they have their own fucking professional cycling team. Plus, they got, like, the, they got Borat, didn't they? Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. a very famous movie franchise character. Yeah. So like, everyone knows Kazakhstan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so Sebastian Vettel, for someone like myself, who arrived into the sport at the very end of the 2000s, the start of the 2010s, was right at the time where Vettel hit his straps. He'd obviously already had one Grand Prix victory from his time in Toro Rosso. I believe that came in 2008. Mm-hmm. I think 2009 was his first year in the Red Bull. But he would pick up, I think, a couple more years in that wind in that Red Bull in 2009. And then obviously between 2010 and 2013, he, you know, won more races, took more poles, won all four championships, two of those with complete absolute dominance, everything. He was Sebastian, he was Lewis Hamilton before it was cool. Hmm. Or Sebastian, you know, Michael Schumacher after it was cool, depending how you want to look at it. But yes, and obviously being an Australian, Sebastian Vettel's teammate for all of his years in Red Bull was, well, either Mark Webber for the first five and then Daniel Ricciardo for the last one. That's it, mate. Uh, so he's only ever driven alongside an Australian. Uh, and considering, well, he consistently beat the first of those Australians, Mark Webber, and uh, crushed a couple of chances of Webber, particularly 2010, of Webber maybe winning the title. And there was obviously some infamous spats between them. Multi-21 in Malaysia, where the order was given for the cars to hold order with Weber 1, Vettel 2, and Vettel ignored that, was faster than Weber, overtook him, won the race. Uh, there's also, oh, I can't remember which round it is, might have been like Spritten or something, where they only brought an upgrade for Vettel's car. He got like a new front wing design that was meant to be better. Uh, and then I think he took pole or whatever or something, and you know, and Mark Webber was like, oh, like, oh, you know, the team's team's happy with the result of that, that's all I say. And then I think Webber ended up winning the race or whatever. And there's the infamous slaps the glass down and goes, oh, not bad for a number two driver, which is probably still Formula One's greatest ever quote, except for maybe <laughs> all the time you have to deliver the space. Greatest ever quote, yeah, all the time, mate. Not bad for a number two driver. It's fucking iconic. So, obviously, as an Australian in early times in Formula 1, despised Sebastian Vettel. Could not stand him. Thought he was an entitled little shit. Was sick of him winning. Was sick of him being Webber. Um, 2014, when all of a sudden the Mercedes was the hot shit and Vettel was not able to muster a single win, but Ricardo was able to somehow snag a couple. 
felt like the most fucking satisfying fuck you, this is what you get. <laughs> Um, that's ever happened. But then he rocked up to you, Ferrari. This is what you get, And mate. very, very quickly, he became the alternative to Lewis Hamilton and the fast-building Mercedes empire, mm. um, which kind of made him that little bit more likable. Mm-hmm. He was also no longer in direct contest with Australians, who I was, you know, predisposed to like. Indeed. Um, and by the end of that Ferrari run, we were starting to see, he started to mellow out, obviously, you know, championship winning races at all costs and things wasn't at the same level of critical importance to him. We were now very much in the era of Hamilton and had someone else to hate even more. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Aston Martin years, he's just increasingly become, as I said, the wholesome dad of the sport. He's got a lot of good moral ethical values. He's, yeah, a driving force for promoting like, you know. Inclusiveness and quality, mm-hmm. the, you know, pushing F1 to be aware of its impact on the climate and all these things. And he's genuinely, he has done a very, very rare thing in my books and my way of viewing the world, particularly the world of sport and that. Often you'll have someone who I absolutely love, who one day does something and they become one of my least favorite people. But Sebastian Vettel is probably the only man in I can think of in not just Formula One motorsport, possibly all of sport, to have ever graded inside or to have started out grading inside probably my like top five least favourite people within the sport. Yeah. And then have one day uh, post that have spent time as my top five favourite people within the sport. Um I don't think anyone's ever done the level of image rebuild in my eyes that Sebastian Vettel has done to the point that I would genuinely miss him. Whilst I do feel kind of it was probably a good time to go and I think the opening up of a new spot on the grid is the right thing with how much young talent is out and about there at the moment. Mm. Yes, Seb will be missed and like you, I do hope that we get him back one day in a media role or as a team principal or just something that keeps him... However, in all honesty, I don't... I, maybe like the old guest spot on Sky Sports, but in terms of any regularity, I don't think so. I think Seb is going to be someone who really retreat from the public eye and just enjoys spending time with his family. And instead of being Formula One's dad, just being the dad to his kids. Being the dad to his kids. And fair fucking play to him. Is he the story about how he, uh, he first got... Red Bull's attention by writing a letter asking for sponsorship as a 13-year-old? I had not, but that that does sound um, in character, so I can absolutely believe it. His first deal was a crash helmet from Red Bull. And then the journey began, according to Christian Horny Horner. Whoa. Spectacular. What an idiot. What a man. Uh, but yeah, this, uh, this would kind yeah, of release... So this... It would, it would, it would open. What's, what's the phrase? Break the, the damn gates. walls, the floodgates. You open the floodgates. Yeah, open the floodgates. Floodgate. Uh, suddenly, we've been operating off the premise of there is what, and it, this hasn't even been confirmed. But we've all been operating off the premise of there is one slot on the grid at least, that is second seat at Williams. Well, a seat. I mean, in theory, model, we, we kind of felt like good chance Albon will come back. We're all like, Latifi's probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. There's a seat at Williams. And then there was the yes, no, maybe, could be that there will be a seat at Red Bull because Ricardo will be kicked out. Yeah. Suddenly, we have 
now an absolute confirmed seat that has opened up. So possibly you you think there's going to be at least two spots. It could end up being three or more. But certainly now we'll probably like minimum you're going to have two spots on the grid. This one confirmed and probably another all of a sudden. So now it was time for the dominoes to start falling into place. And the first big piece, which I think, I don't know what you think here, Deshaun, but certainly caught me off guard. <laughs> Wasn't quite expecting this. No. Uh, was Fernando Alonso announcing he has signed on for Aston Martin. Yeah. Which was a bit of a... Uh, but, but, but you wanted to kill yourself when you drove for McLaren. Are you sure about this? <laughs> this seems... But hey, Alonso, and I think, and yeah, we'll get into this in a minute, but I think Alonso probably just sick of the uncertainty around what Alpine wanted to do. I imagine Lawrence Stroll is offering him lots of big bags of money. Yep. And let's be real. Whilst Ocon and Alonso actually seem to have largely become a fairly almost wholesome relationship and a good working relationship and like you know they seem to have got along that surely surely alonzo and stroll is the driver pairing we've been waiting for alongside fernando since he's come back where we're like this <laughs> this this will be fine but we had a Cause little Alon- cuz obviously ocon and alonzo did have a bit of on track racing in hungary where they where ocon kind of squeezed alonzo a, a little bit and we have for the yeah. first time in their partnership, Alonzo coming over the, over the radio being like, oh, what is he doing? What are you doing, Esteban? Get out of my way. Uh, the fireworks that could exist with Fernando pissed off at the, like, his employer's son yeah. in the other car on the team. But it's just... Oh, I, this could be beautiful. I think the underlying story here, and we'll get into it more as we talk about... Uh, Big O is just Otmar Safnauer is completely fucking incompetent. Because earlier in the weekend, before this oh. announcement, right, um, there are obviously people mm. talking about Alonso. Like, hey, yeah, have you have you resigned yet? What's going on with your contract? And Alonso was quoted as saying it would probably take just ten minutes to sort things out. So I think at that point, you've got Alonso expecting, all right, they'll contact me. We'll get a contract signed. We'll make it happen. Omar Saf now speaking to the media said, yes, it's very straightforward. Uh, not just with Fernando, every driver I've ever negotiated with, uh, Sergio Perez, it's been a question of money and other things too. So he also kind of felt that Alonso's deal would was pretty much set in stone, which begs the question, why didn't they just approach him earlier um, rather than waiting until... <laughs> The fucking... This is the biggest thing that feels like it's come out. Is Alpine has just mishandled this whole. Why, why would you wait for silly season so to approach badly. your guy? Like you're having a great year. You're beating McLaren. It's it's looking really good. Alonso and Ocon have a great relationship overall. Why are you waiting so long to approach him for a contract? And then yeah, he he even said for whatever reason they want the most money and we want to pay the least. Sure. What's happened is I'm at Aston Martin have just offered him more money. And now they've lost their yeah. guy. And because they waited so long, they've lost their other guy as well. But- well, that, and here's the thing. So Alonso signs on for Aston Martin. Because we've all been feeling like Williams is a seat. And we're all kind of, for a while, yeah. we've been hoping, okay, Piastri Williams. We'll take it. He's on the grid. 
Aston Martin absolutely opened up, and I think possibly briefly you were like, oh, Piastri, Aston Martin, and then, you know, Sargent can go Williams. And I was like, yeah, I'd probably rather him in Williams. I just, like, both will be complete shit, so that's not like that. But I'm, I just, I said to you, right? I said I, I just feel more confident in Williams' ability to foster talent yeah. than I would him being in the Aston. So I didn't really, it wasn't like I was like, oh my God, the Aston Martin seat's open, Oscar's going to be on the grid. But then all of a sudden, Alonso, perfect man to fill it. It can just be the retirement home. That's fine. Alonso can do his thing. He can get paid for a bit longer. And what it means is there's the Alpine seat. And it feels at the moment, it does. Alpine feels like a team on the up and up. They've moved up to what? Outright fourth best car on the grid. That's, you know... Not staggering, but it's decent. And if they keep trending forward with a really talented person in the car, who knows? Maybe they could be in some battles for podiums and possibly be there to, like they did with Ocon, pick up the pieces and win a race mm-hmm. if things, you know, the craziness of Formula One goes the right way for them. And I saw that thing. We were like, oh, cool, sweet. So here we are. Piastri is about to be in the sport. That's fucking sick. We've been, you know, waiting ages for this. This is very exciting. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, and then after a day or so, if that, yeah, Alpine makes that announcement. They're like, yep, Piastri is our driver now. And you're like, yep, cool. And then within, what, a couple of hours of that, you see on social media, all of a sudden, Oscar Piastri tweeted out, oh, so I've seen that, you know, uh, Alpine, without consulting me in any way, has released a statement saying I will be their driver for next year. This is not true. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Um, and we were all just like, um, was that the fuck is from Piastri's side? Should he have just contacted Alpine first rather than making it so public? Probably. Yeah. We'll get into it. I think this whole situation has been handled, I think, poorly by all parties. So yeah, let's, let's run through the rest of what's happened and then we can sort of give our opinions on what we think might have transpired and what we think is going to transpire further. So yeah, and actually, so real quick, I said, real quick, do you think on Aston Martin's side, we t- Alonso, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. Money, you can retire happily, maybe get a few, snag a few points, finishes here and there. But for Aston Martin, Mike Crack has come out and said that they want Alonso's killer instinct. Fair enough. Aston Martin are very vocal about how they want to one day compete for world championships. Is Alonso the I think right it's guy very to simple. pick up moving in that direction? I think it's very simple. Lance Stroll drives for Aston Martin. They don't give a shit. <laughs> as long as the team is profitable or whatever for Lawrence Stroll mm. or able to still exist so his son can have a driving point, I don't think he cares. Because if they really, really were like, we want to be world championship team... Lance wouldn't be there anymore. They would have a better second driver or person, some of that, someone mm-hmm. who's going to maybe that's the thing. I just don't. Not that, and again, it's not Lance isn't completely fucking awful. It's not like he's miles off the pace, but there are better drivers in F1 currently, and I think there are better drivers, pretty obviously, in yeah. the junior categories or existing outside of Formula One. Like we talk of things, and I might probably discuss that, but like Christian Lungard is currently leading the Rookie of the Year standings in IndyCar. He had his first podium two weeks ago. He then qualified P2 and the race just gone this weekend. And just mm-hmm. unfortunately, the shakeout of strategies, different things, he eventually got bullied down a little bit and finished P7. But he's up to like six top tens for the year. He's having, let's think, for a guy in his rookie season, he's putting together a really strong rookie season. He's already giving me vibes like someone like Scott McLaughlin did last year as Brendan McLaughlin's rookie season in IndyCar. And McLaughlin 
is currently running like P5 in the championship, has won two races this year. So, like, I'm already getting really bullish as a long-time Lungard fan of what could happen in the future there. So, like, there is really good drivers existing outside of Formula 1, in the junior categories, in Formula 1 itself, and other teams that they might want to move away from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I just don't think Aston Martin cares that much, if I'm honest. It's fair. Um, and Alonso's good for the brand. Like, he's got oh, big name value. Yeah, he, yeah. Will attra- he will attract Brings sponsors. He will attract sponsorship. media attention. The eye, you know, the eyeballs. So, mm. you know, it, it'll be profitable. Fair call. Strong chance. And strong at chance. the moment, Lawrence Stroll has given me nothing other than really Stan Kroenke vibes. Like, <laughs> does he really care that much about whether or not they win or just that they turn a profit? That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so yes, yeah, so obviously Alpine said Piastri will be driving for us. Piastri was like, <laughs> think again. Um, and then obviously from there, we've then had obviously increased that. The thought was, oh, Piastri's got a agreement in place with McLaren. He's replacing Ricardo. Ricardo is getting sacked. Yeah. And yeah, that's all sort of that. That has now been, I believe, more or less officially confirmed that yeah, Ricardo, McLaren have told Ricardo. He's gone. Um, it sounds as though the FIA's like contract recognition board or whatever, which all the teams kind of agreed to be the highest authority in the land for these kind of things, has approved the McLaren Piastri contract. Mm-hmm. But obviously Alpine is unhappy with that guy having left, so Alpine is going to be pursuing legal action. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, this is... It's really going on, because we've obviously got this in IndyCar as well with the whole, and you've addressed it a little bit, with the whole Alex Pelot thing yeah. with he's signing for McLaren, because he said, oh, I'm joining McLaren next year. McLaren were like, Pelot's joining us, and then Ganassi was like, uh... Hold on a second. No, he's got a, he, he's got a contract with us for next year, and Pelot was like, no, nah, fam, I'm joining McLaren. So uh, McLaren, McLaren is just all over the place. <laughs> McLaren needs to stop signing drivers... <laughs> Who were contracted to other teams. Have you seen okay? that photo of um, McLaren's race car for 2023? And it's got like three driver cockpits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just the picture of like the the um, edits of the grid, like the, you know, the grid lineup that F, the way F1 presents that. Oh. And it's just all these teams and that. And then or like every driver is like Alonzo or something. And then just McLaren is every single driver. Yep. Um, but dude, it's, dude, it's good chat. Who has made the biggest boo boo here? Alpine or, M- or McLaren? Well, I or that's the or thing. the I just... CRB because the CRB approved both contracts. They approved the McLaren yeah, contract and the Alpine contract. It's correct. It's all going to be that, and obviously we'll get into. I think Alt Mouse coming to a second, but yeah, it's all going to. So I don't know. I'll start with you. What are, what do you think might have been the sort of the timeline of events that has led to this situation? Like, how do you think we've got here with Piastri apparently having legally binding contracts with two different teams, one of whom he wants to drive for, one of whom he doesn't like? How have we got to this situation? How have Al, yeah, Alpine let it get to this situation where they've potentially lost their both their drivers? Ah, uh, God. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if Piastri came into Alpine thinking like, okay, I'm going to get my seat between 23 bona fide. 
and maybe he's seen... Maybe he's seen Alonso perform well, Ricardo perform like shit. Obviously, McLaren signed him up as a reserve driver earlier in the season, very early in the season. Perhaps the, the talk started then, like, Zach Brown's like, hey, 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 Oscar, you know, uh, Daniel's doing really badly. You want to you wanna get in bed with us maybe a little bit? And Piastri's there like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm loyal to Alpine. But then he sees that, okay... Maybe they want to stick with Alonso and Ocon. And he just wants to race in Formula 1. Obviously. He just wants to get in there and fucking drive a car. Fair enough. And if McLaren come to him first and offer him a contract. Because they're obviously, they've obviously seen what we see. And they, they recognize that Ricardo is tapped out. And is no longer competent enough to drive a fucking F1 car. Frankly. Then yeah. Give Piastri the contract. He's the, he's the hottest prospect going around. This just in, local man without a driver's license uh, yes. believes he is able to say that Ricardo is not good yeah. enough to drive a car. Not good enough to drive a car. <laughs> we'll have more of the 6 p.m. We'll have more at the 6 p.m. Bro- 6 o'clock broadcast. Absolutely agree. Oh. And yeah, they've probably been talking about it for ages. And look, to me, it seems like they didn't even offer a Piastri the contract until after the Alonso news dropped. So yeah, that well, this is this is yeah this is this is the thing for me. This to me feels like Alpine has tried to have their cake and eat it too. Because mm. Otmar said in previous comments, they were kind of like we thought of the thing. We were like, you know, um, we're either going to be Alonso, you know, if Alonso wants to leave, we'll put out Oscar in the seat, or we're going to loan him out to mm. someone. Well, maybe they didn't express well enough to him that we will. But that's the thing. That still relies on someone else for Oscar. I guess that relies on them, someone else who they're willing to think. Would they have been willing? to loan him to as direct of a competitor as McLaren, or was what Alpine had in mind in that we'll loan him to Williams. But then Oscar's back, then Oscar is having to, you know, in his mind, he's possibly like, well, yeah, okay, you're saying you're going to loan me to Williams, but what if Williams just turn around and goes, oh, we don't actually want him, we want our own guy. Like, maybe Oscar's, that's the thing, Oscar's seen what Logan Sargent's doing, he's been teammates with Logan Sargent, he's almost lost a championship to Logan Sargent. Maybe he's gone, well, yeah, I know how good Logan is, and if, you know, He's Williams' driver. Williams, you know, if Williams do the what I've argued is possibly the sensible thing and hire their driver yeah. so as to not alienate others in their academy, who are you going to loan me to? Yeah. And that's the thing. They've taken too long to make these decisions and they've left it way too late for the whole Alonso thing and that. So that's the thing. Their whole thing seems to be, we want to keep Alonso. We want to have them both. We'll, we want to keep that. We'll wait and see. And if Alonso stays, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way. We'll loan Piastri out to that. But, you know... We don't want to let Piastri go anywhere yet because, you know, we don't, yeah, we don't, you know, what if Alonso, you, you just got to make a decision. Are you going with Piastri or are you going with Alonso? And, you know, if you were going with Alonso, then you kind of just got to accept that Piastri might leave. And if you really, really were as high as they obviously sound like they are on Piastri, like, yeah. With the car you feel like you currently have and where you're at, is going with... Like, sure, does Piastri perhaps slightly lower your win-now prospects next season? Yeah. But are you really that win-now that that's an issue? Like, if if you're, yeah, a little bit worse off in short term in terms of, like, pacing that next year, because obviously Piastri is not quite yet at the level... I think Piastri will do much better than Ricardo. I said Alonso. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, for yeah. our pain. Like, 
is that really yeah is that really that much of an issue if you lose a little bit next season because you've gone with the you're locking in the long-term future the mm-hmm. big promising prospect so yeah i feel like they've tried they've, they've you know they have their cake and they wanted to eat it too yeah, also with and Zach they've Nauer. you know they've tried to fly too close to the sun he's come out and said he said oh, that he's he's so much salt. Ninety percent sure it will be a lawsuit going to the high court about Piastri. He's come out and said that he now questions Alonso's integrity. Like ah, calm down, buddy. Next time, do your Dude. job. You know, do your job first before waiting around sitting on your ass and collecting paychecks. You fucking honestly, idiot. Like, and you know, honestly, you know who must that, and you know who I hope is sitting at somewhere in a nice chateau somewhere in France just having a right old laugh? Cyril Abitable. I hope he's soaking this up and going, ho, 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 bet you wish you still had me now, Wankers. <laughs> Sorry. What exactly is he saying? Sorry. I bet you wish you still had me now, Wankers. That's my Cyril a bit of ball impression. Brilliant. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. I, Otmar, I, that's the thing. I never thought we would see a Renault Alpine team principal who would make Cyril a bit of ball look, like, competent. Yeah. But, like, Otmar's not making a bit of ball look competent. <laughs> He's making him look world-beating. Otmar Safnauer, the man who just left Aston Martin to join Alpine, comes out with the... I believe that I am a man of integrity and that if I commit to something, I will do everything I can to make it happen. I keep my word. It's the way I've grown up that my father passed on to me. But hey, I've understood that not everyone does things the same way. <laughs> I, man, I, like, I get that, sure. Like, no, I like to think I'm a person of high integrity. Him, but he did you... the same thing. Oh, well, the that's. that's well, no, okay, because. But no, uh, no, because that's a different thing. That's that's only his own. That's only a false statement by him if he said to Aston Martin, "Oh, I'm never leaving yes. or whatever." Like if he had it. But my point, he would be like, "Yeah, but like, it's a business and it's a cutthroat, high stakes, high money sporting business. Like, there isn't, you know, the world we live in. Like we live in a cap- capitalist society. There isn't any room in these businesses." really for sentimentality like if you get sentimental mm-hmm. you fall behind like that's why i'm shit at doing like managers on fifa and that because i'll start a manager and you know i'll get promoted twice but then i just become ridiculously emotionally attached to all my players and i get to the prem and i'm like yeah i really should use a bit of money to sign a striker that's rated 82 and actually good for that but my guy who's rated 75 he's been here the whole, i just i just love the bloke i want to keep playing him yeah and then I do shit because my players are shit. Like you just, you've got to accept and you've got to move on in these things. It's a business. Um, yeah. So I think Oscar could be in strife here because if he has a legally, if he had, if if what he had with Alpine is a legally binding contract that says like you are ours for next year, yeah. we can loan you out to someone else. But if we choose not to do that, you are our driver. He could be in some strife as well, and I hope he's not completely fucked himself and got himself into some really hot legal action. Well, that's but what you know, the same. Like I don't, I know, I know, and I don't, but I don't completely blame the guy because he's seen an opportunity there. Obviously, McLaren's approached him, said, "Hey, you know, we're ready to move on from Daniel. If we're doing that, we'd love you to be the guy. We think you're the best free agent out there." Yep. And he's going, yeah, all right, I'm I'm on the grid for next year. That sounds that sounds great. Let's do that. So you know, like it's 
it's all about it's going to be so interesting to see how this goes with legal proceedings and everything um there is one thing from this which i'm kind of almost i don't necessarily want it to happen because i want ps on the grid but wouldn't it be fascinating if Alpine win this battle in the courts and that, and so Piastri cannot drive for McLaren. Mm. So then suddenly, but like McLaren's burnt that bridge with Ricardo. I'm pretty sure he may already say. So Piastri can't drive for McLaren, but they've got a seat now because they've alienated Ricardo. Ricardo's gone. He doesn't want to be there for them. And Alpine, with so annoyed at Oscar, even though he'd be the obvious, still you just put it behind you and deal with it and get on with it. Or like not. We're fucking. You're now dead to us. Uh, we don't care. We're not going to actually give you the seat. You can't drive for anyone else because you got a contract with us. But we are not giving you the seat. Why? That's so All dumb. All of a sudden, if what they do we? That. That's so dumb. If what they are we? That. I know, but like, just think. Think of. Think of the crazy scenario of like all of a sudden who's in those two seats then? Yeah, he's so talented. Like who? Who's driving those cars? Oh no! I think if they win the battle, they will just go. I mean, we're you know. Mm. Yeah, you're driving your car, and uh, you'd, hopefully they'd put in a contingency place because I imagine even if they win the legal battle, yeah. unless they produce him a banger of a car and he's like, okay, this car, this car's a car that's going to get me results, yeah. I'd expect Piastri will be like, I'm, I'm gone for 2024 because... Like, no, well, the binding contract is also there for 2024. Ale- the allegedly binding contract is there for 2023 and 2024. It gives them the possibility to lend the driver to another team but that, that's, that's all we offer information that Otmar is given. He also, I love this quote, The strategic plan for Alpine is very good, and Piastri knows it better even than McLaren's. This is one thing I was thinking about when I was reading his quotes, and I was like, I don't know what, Otmar. Maybe your drivers are leaving because you refer to them by surname in the press. I know you're annoyed with him, but... Are you not on first name basis with Oscar? Oh, man. Like I know, I know. I've just called him. I'm not on first. I'm still going to call him Oscar anyway. But I'm not on. I'm not actually on first name basis. But, but like, he's your driver. Why are you saying? Oh, like, I don't know. You've. Well, I've, if you're like me, you've probably read a lot of read and heard a lot of sports journalists and sports media in this time. Did you not find it really weird a team per principal talking? directly about a play not like reporting on him like a journalistic article where you might say you know piastri is reported to go for that you're talking directly about him to a, oh, a yeah. guy you know no, it's and so calling weird. him piastri instead of oscar i was like i don't know that's, that's just weird that's so weird it to just me. seems call, like the call him oscar. make him feel welcome guy, man. we he's talking about all you know we have supported him there should be some loyalty We've invested millions of euros to prepare him. I don't understand. Look, I get it. I get it. You should ask him. That's his favorite rule. You should ask him, is what he keeps saying. Dude, it's your job to manage these people. You should know why he wants to leave. And Fernando Alonso. You should know these things. Very strange. Yeah, it's all a big Oh, and my favourite one, my favourite uh, one. Yeah. And if Piastri isn't in the car, which I think he's going to be because Fernando is out, I have 14 phone calls from drivers who are interested because the Alpine seat is the most valuable one left. Fuck me, man. He's not wrong, though. He, no, he, he that That's one step... Well, I don't know how many he's got, but that's one spot where... Because this is the kind of thing. Part of me is like, oh, fucking Fernando. Fernando because in all honesty... I think the Alpine seat's better than the McLaren seat. I don't blame Piastri for taking the McLaren seat because mm. it was there. He's into Formula One. But if this hadn't all been for Messi, I'm sure part of them might have been like, and who knows, maybe if Alpine had consulted with him and said, hey, man, 
Fernando's gone now. Like, do you want the seat? Oh, maybe yeah. he would have gone. Yeah, okay, I'll see if I can back back out of this McLaren. Because that's the thing. Part of me is a bit like, ah, you know. Obviously, it's just Formula One. We know how quickly it turned around. Very easily, we could be in a situation where next season McLaren is back in front of our paint. But like right now, it does feel a little bit like since really the peak, which was the last year signs was there, 2020, McLaren is slowly going back downhill. Alpine is heading uphill. Mm-hmm. Although, if so they I feel do like Alpine's the seat off. I probably would have rocked. Yeah. The Astria Norris is the most Al- exciting driver lineup on the grid by nine. That's fucking awesome if they can pull it off. Like, Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Alpine's the seat I would have wanted him in because I think it's the better seat. So, yeah, this will, it'll be interesting. But um, oh, that's the other thing. Um, If, yeah, if it's not that, uh, apparently, I don't know whether you've seen this rumour that was reported, but apparently Pierre Gasly's contract yes. with AlphaTauri has a get-out clause where he may leave for any team that is higher in the constructor standings. That's the one, isn't it? If, if Piastri Alpine goes, is higher in the constructor standings. Let's play GM for a second. Who do you bring in Ricardo back to that Alpine seat, banking on, oh, he'll get back to his Renault form? Would you rather sign Pierre Gasly, which may include you know, include a bit of a buyout? Do you want someone else like a Hulkenberg, a Nick DeFries? I think you're going Gasly. I think you try to make the play at Gasly. Yeah. Based off what we've seen, it feels like Gasly is the best, most known quantity. He is French. <laughs> he is it sets French. you up nicely. If you <laughs> if you put that's a, that that's a high that's a big that's a big want for that. Oh yeah. It sets you up it sets you up nicely if you want to subtly move on from Ocon at the end of his contract potentially, because you've still then you've you don't have to worry about the sponsors who are like, We want a French driver, you're like, Well, we've got one right here. Mm-hmm. Um at that, so we don't, you know, we don't feel as pressured to have to keep Ocon to be ensuring that there is a French driver. Um, so I, I kind of like Gasly. So yeah, Gasly goes to Alpine. We'll go. Piastri is going McLaren. So Piastri to McLaren, Gasly to Alpine. That's leaving seats. We're still saying there's a Williams seat. There's now a seat at AlphaTauri. I'm putting Ricardo into the Haas. <laughs> Now, the question is which driver he is with, and that I'm uncertain Okay, K-Mag has a multi-year contract. Uh, I believe Mick does as well. So, is there a Haas seat? Where's Sorry? this Haas seat coming Sorry? from? Sorry? Rica- did Ricardo not have a multi-year contract? Yeah, but Ricardo's been Contracts publicly don't matter. shit all season. I don't think either Haas driver are necessarily underperforming. And I don't know if Gunter and Haas have the money to just splash out on a on a new marquee signing like that. You know, they're still a pretty oh yeah underfunded I'm, yes. operation. I'm I'm just projecting because I, I I don't know I don't I kind of feel Ricardo deserves one one last shot, even if it's just for like a one year deal in a team where there's not the same because in, in in obviously he has underperformed, but. It should be acknowledged. He f- found himself in a pretty shit situation. He came and joined a team that was on the up and up, and so had all this expectation. And him as a driver who'd been performing very well in like overperforming in a yep. car, into a team that was on the up and up, the expectation match made in heaven. He'll deliver them, take them up to the stratosphere, and that. And in some regards, I mean, at the very least, he kind of you know, he did the big thing. He got McLaren its first win since Hamilton and Button drove for them. He did something that Norris wasn't able to do. He won a race in that McLaren. Yeah. But he it's the thing. He joined a car 
where there was all of the expectations and none of the performance. Like, the car has got objectively worse since he joined the team. So it was a bit of, yeah, it was a... Yeah, poorly yeah, timed move for him. You can make all the excuses you want, mate. He's been shit for two years. A bar one. Awesome oh, no, I know he's been shit for two bar. years, but we've seen we've seen other drivers who you know have that and bounce back. I see. I with what he was the legacy reputation he has. I don't necessarily think he deserves to go straight out. He's fifty-seven into another car. Norris has right another. Now. I, I don't know why you're telling me facts that I'm well I'm aware like, of. Like, just, I understand that, but I'm just, you know. Really. Oh, agreed, but that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, one strike you're out. Oh, this is sure. the first time Ricardo's ever been in a spot where he's either been, where he's been both categorically outperformed by his teammate and categorically been underperforming. Mm. Like, yeah, sure, Verstappen started, well, Verstappen didn't completely dust him most of the time in Red Bull. Yeah. But he left because he knew it was going to be Verstappen's team. He was then comfortable. That's the thing. He was brilliant for Renault. So why at the start of the first second of him not being absolutely up to standard doesn't mean he necessarily needs to go. Yeah. And I don't know. Haas feels like he'd be a good fit, relaxed, less pressure on him. And I'm trying to work out. And the one thing I'm possibly going with here is maybe considering that I think we'd both agree that none of the Red Bull Juniors are ready. Yep. Based, based on the fact that you want Logan Sargent to stay another year to be more ready to that, Ayumo Awas has got to stay another oh, year absolutely. as well in that case. I wouldn't promote any of them right now. And none of, the, n- none of the others are good enough. Red Bull buys out Schumacher. Mm. So Schumacher, Schumacher into, on a short-term contract possibly, but Schumacher into the AlphaTauri. Oh, Ricardo joins crazy. Magnuson. Ricardo joins Magnuson at Haas in the most ish driver lineup on the grid. Um, Ricardo, Ricardo, who's like a lovable and Kevin Magnuson, who's a suck my balls. Um, <laughs> he just you're giving me so many bleeps right now. You're giving me so many bleeps. <laughs> yeah, but you love it because they're great quotes. Uh, and that just leaves the Williams seat, which possibly does still default to Logan Sargent. Maybe the Williams the Williams seat is Nick DeVries. Yeah. And that's your driver grade next year. Uh, it's, it's a good one. I, I the other the other factor here is money. Because Ricardo is the only man who's actually allowed to terminate his contract. McLaren have told him he's no longer needed, which means yes. they'll need to pay him out um, a settlement. Now the initial price that Ricardo's yes. asking for is twenty-one million US dollars, which is a considerable Frankly, amount of money. Why not? He's he's got a contract. Oh so yeah. Even if he has been shit, he's got a contract. Fucking However, go for it. Get every penny. A man. Part of this, so many clauses to, to break down here. If he signs a new contract for twenty twenty three, however much salary he gets for that contract would then need to be refunded to McLaren. So if he gets a $10 million contract from Alpine, he would need to then pay McLaren $10 million from that original settlement. So maybe he waits a year That's fair. because he loves money. Yeah, you know? okay, but he's not actually making more money. In that. Either way, he's got... Because that's the thing. He, get, he, pays, he gets $21 million yeah, from maybe. them. and he gets a $10 million contract. He refunds $10 million, He makes $21 million this year. If he year. can make the same amount no, but, of money oh, yeah. just chilling, doing his own thing, doing his TV shows... Yeah, well, I if I think if that's the case, I probably just think he doesn't come back at all because I think either he's got the drive to still be an F one or he cares. doesn't. I actually don't think he cares. Possibly not. 
Yeah, I think if he cared, I think he would have found the performance in that car. But see, I think it's one of these things as well where uh, we could say, does he does he not care because he just doesn't care about Formula One anymore, or is he just he can't get to grips with this car and so he's mentally checked out because Maybe. of that? The way that we were, you know, Maybe, yeah. Vettel, we were like, okay, Vettel doesn't care at Ferrari anymore, but it was obvious he's definitely cared a bit more since going to Aston mm-hmm. Martin. A bit more, Like, yeah. is he just mentally checked out of that car? And especially with how much talk there's been around him and, oh, will he keep the seat? Are they looking to replace him? I'd check the fuck out. Yeah. Like, why would I care anymore? Clearly they, clearly they don't want me. They've not delivered me a car capable of winning. So, like, why the fuck do Did I Ricardo care? Did Ricardo replace Weber at, at Red Bull? Maybe yes, this is all the long well con retired. from Mark Weber getting revenge well, for losing his seat. <laughs> Weber retired and then oh, they chose okay, Daniel Ricciardo. Enough, he didn't lose, he didn't didn't lose his seat. Weber retired. That'd be funny, though. Um, but this is a nice tradition of, apart from the fact that obviously Piastri wasn't already on the grid, whereas Ricardo had been on the grid yep. for a bit with, um, well, both both um, fucking HRT and then Alpha Tauri, mm-hmm. then obviously Toro Rosso. But it's a nice tradition of just, we're only allowed one, we'll call it relevant Australian on the grid, potentially, if Ricardo is gone. And um, they must directly replace the previous relevant Australian in yeah. their team. <laughs> oh my god, it's ridiculous! But there's, but yeah, there's, there's so many questions, so many layers going on like, here. Does France Toast actually want to re-sign Yuki Tsunoda at this point? I don't know. That's the that's the other thing as well. Yeah, like there was a seat at AlphaTauri in the shape of Tsunoda. Um, if we want to speculate in a few things. Who do you think is the McLaren driver if they legally cannot have Piastri? Is it as simple as Ricardo because he's got the contract and he'd just be like, if I'm Ricardo, I'm not driving for McLaren next year. (laughs) No way. This is some straight up. This is drive to survive. Oh, it's definitely, it's going to be worth watching next season, bro. Oh, oh. The drama will be... Well, yeah, maybe because mm. they, they may actually have to not fake the exactly. drama. Exactly, they'll have actual storylines to cover. <laughs> but they'll probably still find a way to make it all yeah. so ridiculous and awful. Oh, my days. Um, but, like, yeah, so is this is this Colton Herder's oh. in? Is this Polo? Uh, Polo, if they're even legally allowed to have yeah, Polo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they're legally allowed to have Polo. Yeah, I think this... Also, I, think I must say, because we, uh, we forgot to... We forgot to discuss it uh, last week or whatever in a bit more detail. We're sort of doing it now. But I must say, you did a very good job uh, summarising Pelot's achievements and sort of standing within wider motorsport. I thought you did quite well on your solo episode with uh, conveying. Because, yes, uh, absolutely, Pelot is... I personally... Pelot is the most talented of the young crop in IndyCar. Of him, O'Ward, Herter notwithstanding the absolute new guys who have come in now, say, like, Lungard and Eilat in that. Yeah, Polo Polo is easily the most talented of the bunch, in my opinion. Obviously, Pace, he won the championship in his second season. He is once again a championship contender in year three. Um, Yeah. Hurd has never truly been a championship contender. Personally, personally, I do think it ends up being Ricardo at Alpine and Piastri at McLaren. I think they'll figure it all out. Because honestly... I think that is highly likely yeah. as well. I think Alpine would pre- be pretty open to it because, you know, they want to get they want to get podiums. They want to get regular podiums. Ricardo has gotten podiums for that team. I personally don't think Ricardo has it anymore. But if there's a team that he can make it happen again, might, may, might as well be the team he made it happen for last time, right? Um, 
they're on the they're on the up and up as you have mentioned already they're apparently on a bit of a hiring spree they're trying to match the workforce size of the front runners they're really they're, they're trying to become a championship contender and they're they're actually doing it as opposed to Aston Martin who say that they're doing it but are not actually doing it they're trying to upgrade their factory etc etc and Ricardo knows that he can beat Esteban Ocon and if what he actually cares about is just being a number one guy again this could be the perfect chance for him to do that who knows Absolutely. And yeah, he brings the brand value that obviously Alpine would would like because Ocon is a reasonable driver, but he's not much of a brand. Whereas Ricardo has a gigantic brand and brings fans with him. So there's appeal on both sides, but I guess if they can't get Piastri, yeah, I imagine they'll just snag one of their other academy guys, probably a Colton Herder. I don't see anyone else really knocking down the door. Bring back Danny Fiat. Who knows. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. It also helps that uh, Otmar's in yeah, charge so as I opposed to Cyril. I think if Cyril was still there, he'd probably be so petty as to not hire Daniel just out of spite. But I think with Otmar there, it could happen. <laughs> as much as we've just criticized Otmar, but I, I tend yeah. to agree. Uh, yeah, but so that's kind of the, the lay of the land. It's all going on. We have no idea how this is going to resolve, when it's going to resolve. Like, this could be one of these things. Depending how long, like, this contract, this could, like, leak over into next season in terms of contract disputes and the actual settlements and things. Like, we could see mid-season complete shake-up of driver oh, yeah. because the lawsuit is finally settled and a job junctions pass that's like, no, you, you can't drive for this, so you've something... Yeah. yeah. could be very, very messy. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how things go. Uh, yeah, so that's that's all we've got in terms of our silly season contract talk for the time being. Obviously, plenty to go, and we'll see how that all resolves out. But uh, before we finish up today, we've got our... Well, we know it's Jashan's favourite segment. Don't know about anyone else, but it's definitely Jashan's favourite mm. segment. So, uh, my good friend, it is time for a bit of a... Uh, You're an immensely it. insecure man, Matthew. Let's send it. All right. Is this... What do you mean? Well, how is that immensely insecure? I only, I only know the opinions of you and myself. It's not my favourite segment. I believe it's your favourite segment. It's the I only segment we've else. got currently, so yes. No, nah, mate, we've got Hamilton Facts. Well, is that your favourite segment? Uh, no, my favourite segment is the outro. <laughs> okay, six segment. <laughs> All right. Did I send it or did I not didn't send it? Yeah, you. Oh, send this. Oh, send it. Send it. It's the uh, yes, indeed, the segment wherein I rattle off a few news headlines from the dramatic world of Formula One. Matt gets to pick one he wants to talk about, and I myself will pick one that I would like to talk about. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Number one. Ah, courtesy of IGN. <laughs> Formula One's Lewis Hamilton had to turn down a role in Top Gun Maverick. Sent. 
For headline number two, courtesy of the official F1 website, Williams confirm Albon for 2023 on new multi-year contract. Good for Alexander. Headline number three, courtesy of Autosport, McLaren exp explains gaps between F1 qualifying and race pace. Shout out to Philip Clearan bringing that story to us, courtesy of Autosport. Number four, GP Blog. How many chances does DeVries have to make his F1 debut? And finally, GP Blog get again, Formula One drivers shine on magazine covers. Consider it sent. Matthew, Hume, the merchant of. Any headlines there speaking to you on a personal and spiritual level? Apparently not. Apparently he's cut out again. That's great. That's what we wanted to see. Oh, for God's sake. Apparently Matt's decided that now is the opportune moment to jack off. He's busting a nut. Making it happen. Wow. I figured I could fit a bathroom break in before um, while you were talking. It turns out I couldn't. You spoke too quick. Speak slower. Yeah, but the whole point Embellish. is that you listen to the headlines Embellish and pick the one you want to oh! talk about. I did. I, I heard. Oh, I didn't okay. leave your phone. I was oh, hearing you. I, I just had muted myself. All right, I get you. I, I get play you, 4D I chess. Hell yeah. Um, My headline. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to play it easy. I'm going to talk about Alex Albon. Because, yeah, this oh, was the yeah. one bit of, I guess, contract news we didn't mention just before. But, yeah, one seat is locked in at Williams. Alex Arbon has re-signed, I believe, is it a multi-year deal? Um, if yeah. I remember correctly from what I have read. Um, and, yeah, I think this makes sense. It's a, it's a good signing. Arbon has performed quite well this year. He's had points on a couple of occasions. Um, yeah, he's showing decent pace. That in fact, car is able to get a bit better. I see no reason Albon can't grow with it, and he'll provide a good, solid floor. He's got experience in the top teams. They obviously feel comfortable with his ability to provide feedback and, you know, like, develop the car mm -hmm. and things. So, yeah, I think it's a good signing for all parties involved. Um, and, yeah, pretty pleased to see it. Hell yeah. That's what it's all about. He's a fierce competitor, he's proved a popular and loyal team member, and we are delighted that he will provide a stable base for us to continue to develop in this new F1 car era. Words from Joost Capito. What a man. Who knows who Albon will partner with Latifi's contract expiring, but Albon locked in for a multi-year contract. I'm not sure how many years, um, but yeah. He'll be there for a while at least, which I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, he's he, I think he's earned it. So shout out to Alexander. Um, I'm gonna go with the McLaren story. So it's been talked about quite a lot. Their distinct lack thereof of of, of race pace this season. Uh, Ricardo's struggles to get to grips with the car after two years. And what actually is happening over there in the papaya unit. But Andreas Seidel's come out and said that basically, while they can mask the car's lack of downforce in one lap, they can't over a consistent time frame on race day. So they just don't have the downforce that their competitors have. Which has uh, led to their taking a step backwards in 2022. So... 
Yeah, it's good to shed some light on what exactly is going on over there at McLaren and what they need to work on moving forward. Lord knows. Yep, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So is that Norris why I was seeing... Um... Norris keeps qualifying, like, top five over and over again, but they just oh, yeah, no yeah, race no. results. Yeah, no race base. Yeah. Um, just on the other clip, was is this why I've been seeing, like, edits of, like, Hamilton in... Top Gun Maverick because he was apparently asked to be in it or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he turned it down because the shooting would take place during the Formula One season. Yeah, there you go. He was offered a spot. Yeah. Absolutely, dream aviation role. He called it. Yeah. Oh, well, that would have not that I've seen the film yet, but everyone obviously keeps telling me it's absolutely absolutely amazing, and yeah. uh, that would have ruined it for me. So I'm glad he didn't. Exactly. Uh, it was obviously him and um. Tom Cruise is always in the Mercedes booth, so they're obviously, they have oh, a relationship. Yes. Mm. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Hamilton's previous Indeed. singular film cameo came in Zoolander 2, and he also lent his voice to Cars 2 and Cars 3. So, uh, yeah. Uh, we are. Lewis Hamilton to be a future movie star. I'll, uh, I don't know. Oh, mate, he's, he's the next rock. He's the next rock. He is the next rock. Yeah, that's that. Consider it sent. Love it. And well, I think with that, we come to the end of what has been quite a bumper recording for us here, to the point that this is actually the finalimo finalimo of what will be a two-part of the grid. So if you've listened to both parts one and two, Thank you very much. If you somehow not listened to part one, but it ended up here hearing the end of part two, A, probably a bit confused, and why have you listened all the way through to the outro? And if you've just skipped all the way to the outro, because like me, it's your favourite segment of the show, then respect. Uh, But as always, I've been Matt. He's been Jashan. I have indeed been Jashan. You can find us on all good podcast players and on Instagram at Online Hub Media. That's it. Uh, and we have been Rear of the Grid. Nailed it. I don't fucking, I mate, I don't need, I don't need to do three months, mate. Just throw me in that house, mate. I'll have it humming, mate. Humming like a fucking bird.